What's up, guys? This is Christian Sicoli, XFL DC Defender, and I want to welcome you to the XFL Board Podcast. Are you ready for some more XFL? Welcome back to XFL Extra, the podcast brought to you by XFLboard.com. I'm your host, Mark Nelson, and this is our 14th podcast. In this episode, we will introduce three guests. First, we will hear from Christian Sokoli, a defensive lineman who is currently in the DC Defenders minicamp. He will give us his take on how the minicamp is progressing. Then we will talk to Jackson Connor an XFLboard.com contributor from Seattle. We will talk about the XFL uniforms, the balls, and the progress of the Seattle Dragons. Finally, we will take you to Texas, where we will hear from Jane Oaks, one of our XFLboard.com contributors for the Dallas Renegades. Jay will give us his take on the uniforms, the balls, and an update on the Dallas Renegades. I call this podcast Unified. It's about groups of players who are becoming unified in training camps, and the introduction of branded uniforms and balls that are designed to unify these same players, as well as fans who are beginning to seriously back the teams they have chosen to love. There are 62 days until XFL kickoff. Let's get started. I'm on the line with Christian Sokoli, a defensive lineman who is currently in the DC Defenders minicamp. Christian, what were your first impressions of the DC Defenders? Yeah, first impression when I came into uh, when I came to camp, came into mini camp, I, I saw very quickly that this was a you know a very professional, um, you know, organizing and set up, and uh, you know I've been very impressed with our, our intent and the, really the way we've gone about going work. So things were really set up for you guys when you first arrived on the ground. Yes, they they, they really were, you know, and. All things considered, you know, I, I can only imagine how hard it is to start a new league and to start a whole new team. And, you know, I, I've been impressed. You know, I think things have been set up very well for us. And uh, we've had a very consistent schedule. And it, it felt like a, pro, a professional setup, which has been great. Yeah, in, in retrospect, it's probably hard to, to reach that level of professional football team when you're just starting out. So that's cool to hear. Right, that. absolutely. You know, that's why I say... All things considered, like, are there things come up, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, we're figuring this out, sure. But, you know, I mean it when I say it, you know, the, 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 you know, the organization and the whole pretty well set up. Well, that's good to hear. Now, uh, what about those uniforms? Was that a surprise that they revealed those to you guys? No, you know, I've heard that they're going to reveal them on uh, December 3rd. I thought, I think it was the day. Um, and then as, as far as the uniforms go, I thought it was kind of neat that, uh, I don't know. Some people will call our uniforms plain, but I like them. I like the way we went about it. It's a it's a very clean, sharp look, but uh, definitely it was a cool day. And it's a, it's a pretty cool logo too. I'm sure. Yes, I love our logo. It's a, it looks like you know a fighting logo, almost like a like a shield, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it, and you like red, right? I do absolutely. You know, I kind of you know. 
Red's been a part of my life for sure. To being you know, from Albania, and we love our, our our country and we love our flag. You know, our flag got all red on it. So, yep. <laughs> it was perfect then. So, yes. Yep. Absolutely. No, it's really been a blessing. Great. Now, how does this mini camp work? Like, what is your day like? Well, right now, without releasing too much, you know, team information. <laughs> yeah. We're you no, know, we're going at it pretty hard, and you know, we're, we're very focused and. uh I think it's just that time where you're building a base and you want to build it, build a strong base from the ground up and coaches and players, you know, everyone's trying to check, check all the uh, boxes and make sure that we're all squared away for, for January training camp. So, you know, we, we get up pretty early and uh, we go to bed a little, a little later than maybe, you know, we would like, and uh, we're, we're pretty much working throughout the day, you know, and without going into more detail, really, you know, uh, that's kind of what, I, what I'll say about it. <laughs> No, that's great. I understand uh, that you can't say everything about it. Uh, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I just don't want to lay out our whole schedule, you know, but no, it's a yeah. pretty solid schedule. And we're getting after it. Are you starting to feel unified as a team? I am, you know, slowly but surely, you know, and, you know, we talk about that and, you know, I think it's also something you don't want to force and you don't want to try and make happen too quick. You know, we've been here for a week now or, you know, some of us for a week, you know, uh, some of us for four or five days. And, uh, but, I really like the direction that we are heading, you know, for the time that we've been here. So the defenders coaching staff is, uh, is leading you guys well. Yes, they are. Honestly, you know, for my position coach, you know, coach Sykes, he does, he does a great job of keeping us together. And one thing I appreciate about him is he also makes it, you know, seems to want to make it about more than just football, which, you know, which it is, you know, and we're, we're all, you know, guys at different stages in our lives. Some of them are, some of us are just coming out of college and figuring things out. Some of us, you know, you know, played a few years in the NFL, and some of us have kids, some of us don't. And, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting personalities we try to meld together, and I think he does a good job of kind of bringing us together and um, showing us the way. Now, on a more personal level, are you finding your place within this team? Do you feel that? I think it's still early, honestly. You know, I don't mean that in negative light, but you know, I, I, I can surely see my place in the team, but I think it's still early. And, I kind of want to just let things develop naturally, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's but in that, in that in that sense, I mean, I I really love the way we're going about business, and I you know I'm super pumped to be here. So you know, not at all in a way like I'm sitting back, you know, watching, but you know, it's, it's early, and I'm just excited to see how everything unfolds. So you're just enjoying being part of the process, then? Yeah, that's what I try to keep reminding myself, honestly. You know. You could think a bunch of things like, oh, how's this going to go down? And when's this going to happen? All that. But the best thing is try to remind yourself, hey, thank God I'm here, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, thanks, Christian. Uh, And I just want to remind people they can look you up on Twitter uh, at Christian90, K-R-I-S-T-J-A-N-90. And I can just tell from talking to you that you actually enjoy being in training camp. and And I wish you good health and good fortune. Oh, thank you, Mark. You know, I try to, right? You know, it's uh, I love the game of football and I'm excited as hell for this league. So I got to look past the tiredness, right? <laughs> Great. No, it's good, though. It's been good. Great. You know, we'll be following you. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, okay. guys. I'm online with Jackson Connor, who is the XFL board contributor for the Seattle Dragons. Now, Jackson followed the recent XFL uniform release. Now, the first thing we need to talk about, did you see the social media push that the XFL made that day? Yes, it was very impressive, I think. And it was very well organized, probably 
most of their other stuff has been very organized, but I think they're learning. They're continuing to learn and get better and do what's better, best for the fans. And this was very well organized and very easy to follow as a fan. Were you surprised that they actually made the uh, the announcements in the evening rather than during the day? Um, I th- it was a little later than I suspected because I I saw that the Dragons was going to be at 6:45 Pacific time, which is like almost 10 o'clock over on the East Coast. So I was a little surprised it was that late. I thought it'd be more towards the day, and I wasn't really sure how they're going to do it. Like, if one team was going to go, then another team. But I was glad they did it that way. It gave me gave you more time to reflect on a certain jersey than getting it all thrown at you at once. Like I do, do you think maybe they were trying to get catch a different demographic of people, uh, people that may be working during the day or at school, and that it, they would actually get them when they're in the evening when they're uh, getting off work or or available? Yeah, I think it was well organized where the where they try to I think they try to catch it around they centralized it around like the time zone they're in so the dragons and the wildcats those those teams kind of brought up the rear whereas the guardians and the defenders are some of the first to go over on right. the east coast right. so I think I think it was well organized that way and as a dragons fan I think 6:45 was a perfect time like if I was on the east coast and I was like if I was on the east coast and I was a fan of the league kind of following along I would have preferred that maybe to be a little earlier, but it's not. It wasn't. It wouldn't have been the end of the world. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, my feeling is they're definitely trying different um, different ways to get to fans, and I, that's probably a good idea. You've had a look at all the uniforms, and I know you've uh, you have some uh, a review of of what you saw. Now, you were telling me that you have some top choices. So, which teams' uniforms were the tops for you? Um, what I saw was. In general, I think the West Coast had a lot better uniforms than the East Coast, even though my favorite uniform was the Guardians. In the tier tier one of my uniforms, I had the Guardians, the Renegades, and the Roughnecks. I really, I really just love the Guardians, the the black and the gray, and I I thought it matched perfectly with their identity. The 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 line aspect they used was very very well done. Um, the Roughnecks just had a very good color scheme. The, the star on the shoulder pads brought it all together, and then the the Renegades, just the baby blue. It's just the baby blue and the red going together, I think, went together very well. Yeah, the star on the shoulder for the Roughnecks is is quite prominent. I think that's going to be really uh, it's really going to show up when they're when they're on the field, when the team is together on the field. The one thing I noticed about the Roughnecks is their away jerseys are, are not white. They're they're kind of a gray, aren't they? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think there, there's a lot of white and kind of gray away jerseys. So I think that's okay. I'm glad it's not just not just all the same exact thing. But I think the Roughnecks, the Roughnecks uh, red jersey is what I I prefer the Roughnecks red jersey. I think that's one of the better ones, just with the star and the the blue, the silver helmet. I think it all goes really well together. Beyond those three teams, what were your next uh, choices? Your favorites? Um, my next two were the Wildcats and the Dragons. I really like the Wildcats color scheme. I'd always like the color scheme. And I thought they brought it well together on the jersey, on the jersey and the helmet. But I didn't think there was that extra oomph that pushed it into the tier one. But I still thought it was very good. Um, the Dragons was my team. Uh, I was pretty pleased with them. The white uniforms seemed to be a lot more liked, and I, I like the white uniforms better. I just think they flow more co- cohesively as kind of like a helmet, jersey, pants. I just think the white ones flow a lot better. And then the Dragons helmet was pretty interesting a lot of people really really liked it i wasn't 
up all the way there, but I think it was I think it was still solid. How it kind of flows down to the chin. I think it, I think it's a pretty interesting design. But the one thing is the white helmets going with the the blue jerseys. I'm not completely sold on that. I think they look great. The white helmets look great with the white jerseys. That's just the reason I like the white jerseys a little bit more. Yeah, with the white helmets and the blue jerseys, I I kind of agree with you, and I'm waiting to see how that looks on the field. Uh, it might be it might be more impressive for me on the field. The dragon on the helmet, when I first saw that, my initial reaction was what? <laughs> like, and of course, I I personally I don't like things that are a little too cartoonish. But then after looking at it a little closer and seeing that the dragon goes down uh, over the ear hole and and it kind of extends down below the helmet, it seems like it's it's it gives it a gives it that uh, spread. I kind of like it now. In fact, I, the more I look at it, the more I like it. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, the Dragons is not my favorite uniform, don't get me wrong, but I think that they've done a good job there. And it's quite interesting how the dark, the white helmets are prominent throughout. So what was your next team that you liked? Um, in my third tier, it's kind of I had I have the Defenders, the Vipers, and the Battlehawks. And I like I like the Battlehawks a little more than those two, but not enough to jump them in a tier two. I think the Battlehawks have some very impressive helmets. But with what I saw with the Defenders and the Vipers, where they weren't bad jerseys, I didn't dislike them, but they weren't. I just I just didn't think they were the quality of the the five teams before them. The Vipers was is probably my least favorite team identity so far. I don't hate the Vipers name, but I just the colors aren't don't. 100% get it done for me, and the the V, I'm just not a big fan of with the fangs. Yeah, and the the defenders, the helmet's okay, but the jerseys just seem a little basic. There's not really too much there. It's not bad, but it's just not as good as some of the other ones. And then the Battlehawks, I really like the helmets. The jerseys are okay. I don't think they're anything special, but they're they're not an eyesore, and they're 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 solid. Yeah, you know the the Battlehawks is probably the uniform that uh, disappointed me the most. The helmet is exact is exactly as awesome as I imagined it to be, but it's like they they did the helmet and then they just kind of mailed in the rest of the uniform mm-hmm. uh, with matching colors to uh, match the helmet. So there's really, I really the I've been looking at that uniform uh, uh, longer and I really can't find anything in there that in the uniform that 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 impresses me. Of course, the helmet is oppressive, but we've seen helmets with wings on them before, so it's not like it's original. The Vipers, I really don't know what's going on with the Vipers and their color scheme. And uh, that much green, that's probably <laughs> going to be, uh, it's probably going to get wearisome for some people. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I remember when the Seattle Seahawks wore a green uniform, and that went over like a lead balloon, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, and of course the Vipers. Uh, I mean, their their logo with the V. I mean, uh, I'm still not sold on that logo being that it's going to be impressive. So we'll, 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 you know, I'm always willing to wait and see. So that's what we'll have to do on them. And mm-hmm. certainly now with the DC Defenders, I hope the fans like red because there's a lot of red. Now, of course, a lot of people do like red, uh, and the logo on the helmet actually does. Okay, I think it does pretty good. Uh, which which helmet did you like the best of all the teams? Um, oof. I thought the Guardians was very good. Yeah. And I thought the Battlehawks was very good. I think the Battlehawks helmet kind of 
elevates it in front of the vipers and the elevates the whole uniform in front of the vipers and the um in front of the vipers and the defenders but they just have kind of the same jersey but i do like the battlehawks helmet and i do like the guardians helmet a lot yeah i think the guardians helmet is by far the best one and it'll be it'll be fun to see the an entire team outfitted with that helmet uh hopefully it's as awesome as it looks the other thing about the guardians helmet with the stripes on the shoulders it seems to be uh, the the graphic on the helmet seems to go along with the stripes on mm-hmm. the shoulders as like a it's of course the stripes on the shoulders is like a military motif so yeah i i, I really like the guardians helmet for sure i thought the guardians used their line element very well incorporated throughout throughout their jersey and just overall just a really good really good team identity really good uniform and it's probably sits at the top of my uniform rankings i agree uh, now one of the things that the XFL was accused of in the past was having bad uniforms. Of course, whether they deserve that or not, uh, I don't quite agree with that. But that was the the story from the past XFL was, oh, those uniforms are so bad. So do you think that maybe the XFL tried to play it safe with these uniforms? Um, With some of them, yeah. I, I can see like a Battlehawks, like a Defenders, like a Vipers, where even to a certain extent the LA Wildcats where there's not really it's kind of a very basic uniform scheme but then there's some like with the the Guardians I mean with the Dragons helmets and like kind of like the whole Dragons color scheme was a little out there it was a little risky and I think yeah. what they did with the helmet was a little risky so yeah I think I think they played it safe on some of them but some identities like the Guardians and the Dragons wasn't necessarily playing it safe I th- but I thought they did a good job yeah, I, I agree. So there was some risk taken, but personally, I think that they did relatively play it safe, and probably a good idea that they did, because mm-hmm. I have not heard, um, I haven't heard as any outcry of negative uh, response to these uniforms. Yeah, there's always there's always a few people you see on Twitter where they you're, you're the Twitter jokesters that say want to say how oh, the XFL is going to shut down halfway through the season or how the jerseys yeah, are so bad yeah. there's always there's always those people right, right. there's always going to be those people but i haven't seen a lot of like big name like negative negative press about it like from any football sites or any big bigger football people no and have, i haven't seen it either so there's i think maybe the xfl got away with this one because uh, i think they were worried about putting out uniforms and being compared to the past or to other bad uniforms. So I think they definitely got away with it, which is good to see. Very good to see. Now, there's no manufacturer logo on these uniforms. And right after the release, the manufacturer is known to be custom outfitters. Mm -hmm. Do we know anything about them? No, I mean... Exactly. I I really haven't heard anything about them. (laughs) Exactly. So I... I think the manufacturer is still – I think it's still up in the air. That's my personal opinion. I know there's some rumors and there's some better rumors than others, but I think it's still up in the air. Mm-hmm. Now, the helmets are manufactured by Riddell and Shoot. Mm-hmm. And have you seen the price of the jerseys on XFL.com? Um, I saw – one of my buddies told me how they're going for like almost $200. I was like, that, that can't be real. I looked on there and there, it wasn't nearly that much. I think I saw maybe like seventy nine ninety nine. Yes, I wasn't. That's that's and that's for a replica jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the real jerseys, it's like uh, well, 
225. And so those prices are, well, they're, they're reasonable, but they're in the high range of reasonable mm-hmm. for a replica and for, for a real. And my understanding is there's been, uh, there's some, they're in back order now. In other words, they've been somewhat sold out. And so, uh, you can still order them, but they'll be in back order. Mm-hmm. I would suspect that the XFL is manufacturing them in a, uh, as demand uh, dictates. That's my opinion because that's that's a good business model. And fans probably want to get the jersey before the games uh, start, which will be uh, about nine weeks away from today. So um, coming up very fast. Yes, coming up fast. <laughs> so the XFL probably needs to. Uh, figure out how many jerseys are going to be sold and crank up the jersey making machines and uh, you can get some of those jerseys out for the fans so they can show up at the home game in the team's jersey, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also said the fans will be able to customize uh, jerseys at stadiums during the games. Now, for example, you're a fan of the uh, Seattle Dragons. So if you were to get a customized jersey for the Dragons, whose name would you put on it? Oof. Well, that's the oh. question, isn't it? It's such a big question right now. You wouldn't want to get a customized jersey at this point in time, would you? No. Uh, my favorite player from the AF was Trey Williams. Right. He's on the Dragons. But still, there's there's a lot that can be done. I, I, I have all faith in Trey Williams that will make the team, but I'd rather see him on the field week one before I get it. So that's that's one that's one candidate that you could think of, but he's only a yes. candidate at this point in time. Um, I'm really not sure. Of course, the popular one for Seattle Dragons fans might be Silvers. Yeah, Brandon he's, Silvers. He's, yeah, he was the assigned quarterback, and he's had a lot of publicity. Yeah, and there's also Casein Williams, who's been very publicized. He's he's a wide receiver he picked in Phase One. He went to high school here near Seattle. He went to UW. He was on the he was on the preseason roster with the Seahawks. So just someone like that, like a local guy, would probably be very popular among Seattle fans. What might be interesting is to when you go to the uh, first game, is to uh, to spy what names are on the jerseys and see what people mm-hmm. settled on, or maybe a lot of folks will show up with a jersey that's blank and then they'll wait and settle on a name to put on their jersey. I think that's a very smart model by the XFL there. You think it's just, smart because... I think it's smart just because I'm a pretty big fan of the Seattle Dragons, and I don't even know who I want on my jersey for sure. I think asking more casual fans who they want on their jersey for a team they've never seen played before is a little much, Like, but since they can get it cust- customized during the season, that's probably a much better alternative. Exactly. So it uh, might be a, a great business decision for the for the XFL, right? Yep, and the Dragons start out on the road, so coming back you've already seen some games first home game you can get you can get your jersey customized first home game after you've seen a few games now you've also seen the custom balls that are now uh yes now been revealed and produced mm-hmm. so what do you think of that idea of having a custom ball for each team um i thought it was pretty interesting i loved the my favorite part about it was the packaging it came in i thought it was i thought it looked very good and it's just the whole idea behind it, kind of like a Thanksgiving turkey theme. Yeah, I, it was it was it was actually really impressive. I thought, and I I saw people unveiling them on a lot of sports talk shows, and they're they were impressed, and just kind of the packaging and everything it came in. 
That Thanksgiving packaging, that was just for the promotion for those uh, media representatives. Mm-hmm. The rollout was actually quite good, wasn't it? The most publicity you're going to get is right when it drops. So about the balls, the most publicity you're going to get about the new XFL balls, especially before jerseys come out. Yeah. I thought the balls got a lot of good publicity. Yeah, they did good on that. You know, one of the ways the original XFL uh, marketed their new ball is they had a blimp. Uh, they manufactured a blimp in the same colors as the ball, and they had <laughs> it flying over XFL cities. But you do you, you know what happened to that blimp, right? Did it crash? It crashed, it crashed into a restaurant. Uh, no one was hurt, but it made for a great photo op of the XFL blimp, like all limp and crashed on the on the on, on top of this building. So I don't know much <laughs> about. I didn't know much about the XFL because it was actually came out before I was born. Well, exactly. But, yeah, but so, I did. I did. I. Do I do have small memories of knowing that that XFL blimp did crash? Yeah. I have heard about that. Yeah, you can Google it, but I mean, it's, uh, some people say it foretold the demise of the of the XFL in that case. So I'm happy to hear that the uh, this XFL has not gone with any ball shaped no. blimps uh, in their promotion. And the the turkey wrap idea was actually pretty good, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I really like that, but. One of one of my like underrated design aspects about the XFL ball was the the small X's. You can't yeah. necessarily you can't necessarily see them from that far away, obviously. But if you really like look up at it, it's just a really nice touch. I think it looks really well, and is I just think they add like a little extra oomph to the ball design, and it's pretty impressive. Yeah, that little touch probably really makes me want to own one of those balls right now. Mm-hmm. I I read I read that the the balls designed with X Pebble technology, yeah, where it's designed to enable tight spin on throws and increase ball security. Um, something I'm hoping is that it helps prevent a little bit against drops because that was the one thing. I don't know if you watched the AAF that much, yeah, but I did. Yeah. there was there was a lot of drops in the AAF, and it was one of the things on offense that was one of my main complaints was just the wide receivers, tight ends, even running backs just dropping a lot of balls. And I'm hoping, I I don't know if this will help, but I'm I'm hoping that that's one of the things that the XFL can do a little better than the AF, and I think that would just put the quality of play, just increase the quality of play. Well, that's a good point. The original XFL was has been always remembered now for its innovations, and if this ball becomes one of the innovations of the new XFL that's successful and makes the game better, then what a success that would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. If this ball can help, like, because when I when I first thought about the XFL, I didn't really necessarily think that much about oh, a new innovative ball. I just thought of like, oh, the new cool jersey, some of the new rules. But hey, maybe maybe the ball can play a role. Yeah, the innovative ball might play a role in innovating the game. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna be watching for that, and especially maybe uh, we should be listening for what the players have to say about the ball as they use it more and get used to it more. And, uh, you know, we should look for some uh, real feedback from the players mm-hmm. as opposed to feedback from the league or the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, real feedback from the players would be interesting to hear. You know, the original XFL ball had some problems with gripping and uh, the players were somewhat vocal about it from the very beginning. But, of course, they, they're really told not to be negative about the league, so they might not say what's really on their mind but it'd be cool if someone would tell us from a player's point of view that this ball is really innovative and it's really cool to play with. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you mentioned the mini camps have started up. Now, again, when the mini camps got going, I noticed the XFL social media just started blasting images, videos, uh, videos of players joining their XFL cities, coming, flying in. They really were promoting this, uh, the progress of this league by the starting of the mini camps, weren't they? Some of some of the social media accounts have been pretty active. Some I haven't seen as much. I think I've seen the Defenders account is pretty actually comedic on <laughs> social media. But but what I've seen is they're just they're going all in on like the Seattle Dragons. At least they're showing all these players arrive in the airport, all these players at meetings, all these players watching the jerseys get unveiled, and now all these players practicing. They're tagging all these players, and you're trying to get a see of like trying to see these players that you've been that they drafted pretty high on your Seattle Dragons uniforms and it's, it's getting me really excited. Now, did you follow the AAF that closely when they started up? I would consider myself pretty involved and like kept up on like in the football world. And I didn't see that much about the AAF. And I even if I wasn't here for XFL board or didn't know about the XFL back then, I I would have seen a lot of stuff in the XFL by now. So yeah. your opinion is that that a regular football fan is probably noticing the XFL by now and what the XFL has to say. Yes, I I would imagine that most football most football fans know what the XFL is, whether or not they're interested. I think it could depend on if they have a team in proximity or just how big of a football fan they are. I mean, not to say people that don't watch the XFL aren't big football fans, but it just just kind of depends. I think people people know about the XFL. And there's a lot of people that are starting starting to get excited, especially in those eight cities. So what about Seattle Seahawks fans? Yeah, I think I think they know the Seattle Dragons are coming. They're they're paying attention, but the Seahawks just with the Monday night victory, they've moved into first place NFC West. Their Seahawks fans are while they are they're looking at the Dragons. They a lot of them know the Dragons. They they're still really excited about the Seahawks right now. Yeah, so it's probably really hard to get the attention of a Seattle Seahawks fan at this point in time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think you have, I think you have their attention, but you don't have their full fan fandom yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And if the Seahawks were having a losing season, if they were already out of the playoffs, it would be totally different, wouldn't it? Yes, I think, I think, I think it'd be a little different. Maybe not totally different because I think there's still there's a lot of diehard Seahawks fans win or lose. Yeah, of course. Out here, so. This will be paying attention, but I think a lot of the ones that are more casual Seahawks fans would be like, hmm, it's a new XFL team. Maybe I should start paying attention to them more. Like I said, I think as soon as the Seahawks season gets over, whether or not it gets over first week of February or second week of January, I think from then on, people start to turn their focus to the Dragons a lot. And I expect Seattle to be a successful city for the XFL. Well, I hope you're right. Uh, I wish the Seattle Dragons all the best. And in their marketing of the team, especially in a, in a city like Seattle, that's attention is turned towards the Seahawks. Jackson, I'd like to thank you for, uh, for coming today to the podcast. All right. Thank you. Any hopeful XFL fantasy players later in the month, I will start churning out XFL fantasy content. Well, that's excellent. So fantasy uh, people who, who plan to join in on XFL fantasy, uh, should look you up on Twitter and your Twitter handle is uh j fantasy jf thanks jackson yep thanks for having me
All right, I'd like to welcome Jane Oaks to the podcast. Now, the first thing we want to cover, Jay, is the uniforms. Now, did you catch the uniform uh, reveal? Yes, yes. I was. My ears were to the ground. Um, I, I was uh, following um, the uniform release pretty much all day. And when I heard that it was going to be at five o'clock Central Standard Time for the Dallas Renegades, I was super happy because I was just getting off of um, getting off of work at that time. Um, but yeah, I followed it, uh, followed it on Twitter very well. Also on Facebook, I also sh- uh, shared it to my personal Twitter page as well as my personal, uh, or as well as my, uh, shows, um, Facebook page as well. So, um, I think they did a great job, you know, uh, informing the fan bases and informing the public of when the reveal would take place. So the fact that they did it in the evening was actually great for someone like yourself who uh, had availability in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I feel like, um, and I think we talked about this before, Mark, I think that's what's special about the XFL um, is the fact that they do things when um, it's it should be done. And we talk about peak times, you know, peak times in shopping or in any marketplace. It seems like they find a way to reveal things. The XFL does. Uh, They find a way to reveal things at the peak and the proper time for everyone to get a really good um, to get a really good feel for what each organization in this in this league is doing. So uh, I feel like it was a great time and they did it at the right peak when everybody would pay attention. Yeah, I think you're right. It's that's a very good uh, point that you make there. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to run down the teams from we'll start in the east and go to the west. And I'm going to ask uh, your opinion on each one of these uh, uniforms and helmets. So let's start with the New York Guardians. Um, well, it was to me, it was a exact depiction of what we think about whenever uh, the Marvel comics or the DC comics um, describe the city of Gotham. And that's what I really took away from it. I mean, a really nice black finish with the red numbering and also the white and gray accents on the sleeves, as well as the helmet. I just think that those uniforms represents uh, New York City in a way that the NFL franchises currently do not do like you have the New York Jets and you have the New York Giants. Well, this actually, to me, kind of brings a different light to the city of New York and kind of kind of uh, looks more like a Gotham City feel, in my opinion. But I, I like what they've done. It, it definitely um, is definitely repre- it definitely represents uh, what the city of New York is about. Do you like the helmet? Oh, yeah, I, I love the helmet. Actually, I, I, I think if I could rank them. I would say the New York Guardians are at least in my top three uh, with their helmets. I, I think that they're pretty, pretty cool. Actually, I think that all the XFL uh, teams have done a great job with their designs and the overall development of their uniforms. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. What about the D.C. Defenders? So the D.C. Defenders, I, I like what they did there. Um, I mean, it's not too flashy and it's not too simple. It's actually what um, – and Pep Hamilton, actually, I watched the uniform reveal on YouTube. And Pep Hamilton was just like, it, it just represents our shield. And that's exactly how I feel about the D.C. Defenders uniform. It, it's a representation of what the team is about. It represents the shield. Uh, as we all know, the D.C. Defenders' main colors are red and white, and their logo contains a shield with lightning bolts and a D and a C. So it, it's perfect for um, that team, I think. But it wasn't too basic, and it wasn't too flashy. It was perfect for the consumer. And you like all the red. Yeah, I, I like all the red. You know, um, 
with these uniforms, we're getting some different type of characteristics when we look at professional sports. And we talked about the Alliance of American Football. The Alliance of American Football, people said that the jerseys and the uniforms were close to junior varsity level style uh, uniforms. How I feel with the XFL uniforms and specifically the, the D.C. Defenders, they they do have some simplistic ideals to the design, but also each and every uniform has something specific that is geared towards the consumer or the fan base that they're catering to. Just so, I mean, we look at that overall design of the uniform and the shield, that's what sticks out. And I think that's what the DC defenders wanted the entire time when they were developing, they want to focus mainly on that shield. Yeah. The shield is actually quite prominent. Uh, I think, I think that's going to be a good logo for them. Now you like the red, but, what about the green? I'm going to refer referring to the Tampa Bay Vipers uniform. Uh, I and I would say that that is one of my least favorite. Um, but I would say that it's. I I honestly don't see how the Viper and the lime green would represent uh, Tampa Bay or Florida. Um, I thought they would have went with a different style color possibly. Um, but it's really loud on the TV or, or on the television set or even when. When if I get the opportunity to see the Renegades and, and the Tampa Bay Vipers uh, match up against one another, it's going to be a really I'm going to have a really difficult time uh, really just enjoying what I'm seeing when I look at that uniform, to be honest with you. It's, it's kind of busy. It's really loud. Um, and the lime green just kind of takes it overboard. <laughs> Yeah, if you if when you had when you attend the game, it might not just be a clash of football teams. It might be a clash of colors as well. Right. <laughs> okay, let's let's go a little bit further to the west now. Now the St. Louis Battlehawks. Oh man, I love their uniform. I just love it. I mean, the helmets are. It's probably my favorite helmet that was released. Um, I, I just love the fact that they went pretty much all silver with the blue accents. Um, and it just and and uh, the the phrase that they use ready to engage, it actually looks like a fighter pilot's helmet, um, kind of like what we saw in Star Wars. So I, I thought it was pretty cool. I really thought um, that they thought that thought their uniforms through and the color schemes worked with uh, with the with the marketplace of st louis so i think the helmets were great and also the uniforms again like the dc defenders um not really too flashy and not really too simple but they have different accents inside the jersey to make the logo a little bit more prominent and i and i also think that's why they made the helmet the way that they did they really want their consumer base to focus on the helmet and focus on the brand not so much on the color of the uniforms but more uh, towards the actual logo and the shield of the team. Yeah, the logo really really focuses on the brand for sure. Um, the helmet is actually quite nice. Uh, it's not unusual to see a helmet with wings on it, but one interesting thing that you pointed out is that you went to a Star Wars reference, which I never noticed myself, but I'm going to check that out. I'm going to go back to Star Wars and see if I can see the connection that you saw. Now let's move. Let's move to the team that uh, your favorite team, uh, Dallas Renegades. Well, the Renegades did what what I thought they would do. Um, similar to the Cowboys, you know, with the Dallas Cowboys, they have this traditional style of uh, and and feel to their uniforms, their culture, 
and what they are about as a football team. And I see that with the Renegades. I mean, you have the nice baby powder blue um, metallic helmet with, well, with the metallic finish um, with the Renegade, uh, with the red eyes that are super piercing when you look at the logo. Um, And then also you have, um, then you have the all blacked out uniform itself. And really what I think about the blacked out uniform, I think it's going to feed to the home crowd because imagine a globe life park uh, for a playoff matchup where they say, all right, y'all, let's, let's black out this entire stadium. So I think it's going to feed really towards the fans, um, especially with that with that all blacked out uniform, especially once it comes down to uh, the playoffs. And also it will help them with home field advantage as well, because we've seen it in pro sports. I mean, you look at an NBA or NBA arena during the playoffs, everyone is wearing the same color and it provides uh, a different a it gives it gives the audience a different type of vibe whenever they walk into walk into the stadium. So I think that the Dallas Renegades did something great with that. And also their white uniforms. I think that their white uniforms just give you a a true classical touch to um, what this brand is going to be about. So I love what they did, man. Very simplistic, but not, uh, and also um, innovative as well. Yeah. The white uniforms are really good for the, for the Renegades. And uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about the baby blue as well that they liked up. So let's go to the Houston Roughnecks next. Oh man, that, I I think these are, it's probably my top two favorite uniform, just because if you look at the logo and the helmet, it somewhat pays homage to the Houston Oilers in a way. And it represents, uh, you know, it has the red, blue and the silver accents. Um, to me, it, it, it really represents the state of Texas. I mean, the Dallas Renegades didn't go with that um, as, you know, many probably would have thought they would have went with that red, blue and silver uh, color scheme. Um, but the Houston uh, Roughnecks did a great job of doing it. I think they really and truly paid homage to uh, the Houston Oilers. And I also love their helmets as well. The nice, shiny uh, silver finish with the red and the blue accents and the red face mask. I, I think that's perfect for, for that team. And the single star on the shoulder as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really nice touch. Kind of reminds you of the Texas flag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's great that they're using the star as an emblem uh, as just as another more famous football team from Texas does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now let's let's talk about the L.A. Wildcats. Um, I think it represents exactly what California is, a Californian feeling. Um, I mean, you got the red, the black and the orange. Um, what do you think about when you go to L.A. or California? I mean, most people think about the beaches. They think about, you know, um, Hollywood. They think about those things. But also when you think about the sunsets, in in LA, you think about the Valley, you kind of, and also if you want to go a little hip hop with me, um, Tupac, whenever you watch a Tupac music video from the nineties, in my estimation, you kind of get that vibe. You kind of get that California, Californian feeling. And that's what I think this LA Wildcats uniform provides. It's orange, it's red, it's black. It's, it's exactly what California is about. And it kind of gives you that true Californian feeling. Yeah, I agree. It is. It is. Those are California colors. And I, I don't mind the LA Wildcats jersey. I think it's uh, um, it's 
It's one of it's it's it is one of my favorites because of the colors. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I do like the colors there. Now let's just go the last team that we we'll want the last team to talk about is the Seattle Dragons. Well, like I told you, Mark, I watched the YouTube video of the uniform reveal and the head coach of the Seattle Dragons said that he loved the jersey because of the green. And as we all know, Seattle is known as the Emerald City. So, I mean, they put that green in there. And also what really popped out, and this is my favorite helmet in the XFL, is the Seattle Dragons helmet. I mean, just the logo, how the dragon stretches from the top of the crown of the helmet down to the ear hole. It's very reminiscent of uh, the Michigan helmet, like the Michigan Wolverines, but not with just the basic stripes. has a little bit more flash to it. Um, But I think the uniforms as a whole represents what the city of Seattle is about. And we all know the Seattle Seahawks, they bring a really good fan base to uh, to their stadium. So I expect for the Seattle um, Seattle Dragons to have a, not a similar turnout or um, a better turnout, but they're going to have a pretty decent turnout once the season kicks off in February. Yeah. You know, I find it interesting they went with a white helmet. And I, I don't mind it, but I just find that interesting that they went with the white. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think they tried to, you know, provide a different, you know, provide a different or a lot of different varieties of color to kind of make the uniform stick out, like with the blue and the green and the orange. They were just trying to bring it all together. But I do, I do think it's going to be uh, very functional. It's not going to be an eyesore compared to uh, Tampa Bay's uniform. I actually think it's going to stick out in a good way. Yeah, I agree. Now, now with the XFL balls, uh, as you as you've seen, as as we've seen, they've they have a ball for every uh, team, mm-hmm. and every and every well, obviously every team through the uniform, every team through the uniform and the balls, they're promoting a color scheme, and the balls also carry the same color scheme as the uniforms. So what did you think of the what do you think of these balls? Um, so we talked last time about uh, what I would take away from or what what I felt like the XFL does better than the NFL. And, and one of the main points I made was innovation. Um, and this is this is a very innovative idea because of the fact that the XFL put X's on the tip of the balls and the X's are the color of the respective team, whoever has possession. So how I see it, instead of like a traditional style football, um, I think it will increase higher accuracy for quarterbacks to wide receiver connections. And also I think it enhances the defensive style as well. Um, it, it allows the defense to create more plays because, you know, you, when, when you try to catch a football, you're looking for the tip of the football. So that's going to help out, especially on offense for the quarterback to wide receiver, quarterback to tight end or halfback connection. And also it can benefit the defensive style of game of gameplay as well by helping the defense create more turnovers and also creating more plays as well on the defensive side. And I think that's what's going to bring a lot of this excitement to the game. Um, for sure. So the game balls, I think it's an innovative idea. I wish more football leagues would actually take some notes out of uh, or take a chapter out of the XFL's book um, to kind of enhance the game plan, game plan, uh, 
excuse me, game play um, for offense and also defense. So the balls are not just the balls are not just designed to be good looking. They're designed to be to it. They're designed to innovate football as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're designed to to enhance the game. And as, as Oliver Luck has said several times, he said, we're trying to rebrand or give you a different brand of football, um, a more smarter, a more safer way of playing the game of football. And I think this is another one of those ideas where they're like, OK, we're going to enhance the experience for the fan base. We're going to enhance the experience for these players. We're going to we're going to help them uh, create more plays on defense. We're going to help them create more plays on offense and how we're going to do that. We're going to utilize the football, which, of course, everybody comes to watch football. Right. So they're going to utilize the main um, the main star of the show to give the fans what they want. And that's how I see these game balls being um, super innovative for this league. Yeah. You know, I, I can't wait to hear how this plays out. I can't wait to hear what the, how the players uh, love these footballs or what they have to say about these footballs once they start playing games. Now the mini camps have started up uh, this week and the players reported to their team cities and uh uh, there was a whole lot of social media online, like the XFL promoted the mini camps and the players' arrival uh, quite heavily. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, they. I, I definitely noticed it, and you know, and that's the great thing about the XFL. They're really trying to, you know, get out in front of fans. They're very transparent with uh, where the mini camps will be taking place, uh, media availability, um, and also, you know, just just overall involvement with with their fans and you know they push that out so that way people would come they would watch they would start to embrace this team and just like in Dallas with the Dallas Renegades they went to the heart of Dallas in Arlington Texas at Arlington High School and held them their mini camp there um so I I thought it was great I, I love the fact that they um were doing interviews with players and coaches on the first day of mini camp yeah they didn't miss a trick on that they really uh started promoting uh they kept on promoting the teams right through the start of the mini camp and i'm looking forward to hearing more from the mini camps in the next uh, few days uh what's your take on on the dallas renegades mini camp what's what's what kind of important things do you hope to see come out of that mini camp well for starters it looks like the first two days um as i've been observing um from a distance is that uh, dallas is really focusing on introducing their philosophy of football to this team and Bob Stoops um, went on record and said that we're it's going to be a lot of walkthroughs there's going to be a lot of conditioning um, and we're just really just implementing what we're going to do come February um, to this new football team Um, but I, I really think what they're going to get out of it for this football team is a great continuity a great chemistry we have a great leader of men like Bob Stoops who was highly sought after Uh, with the whole Florida State debacle. Uh, I I think they're going to implement their philosophy of football and get these guys ready to play. And another thing he's super excited about is the fact that he feels like he has fifth-year seniors all across his roster. And he said that the experience is the most exciting thing to him, and these guys really know how to play football on on different levels. So he's expecting a lot out, out of them. And I and I truly believe the way that he's speaking based off of the first two days of minicamp that he feels like he will have the best roster in the XFL. 
Yeah, it's interesting to see how the rosters are playing out, even while the mini camps are are taking place, uh, because um, as we know, some players did not report to mini camp because they changed their mind or they retired, uh, such as Ryan Broyles, of course. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I saw I saw that and I was like, man, I, I thought. I would have loved to see him uh, reconnect with Landry Jones. That that would have been an awesome connection. But, you know, the thing about it, Mark, is that these players, uh, you know, Ryan Burroughs had retired from the NFL. Um, and, you know, he knows whether or not if he's ready to play or not. And the good thing is, is that Dallas owns rights to him. So if he does decide to come back and play, if he's in better condition, if he feels like he's up to it, he could still be a Dallas renegade inside the season. Uh, but things like this happen in football, man. Um, a lot of people have walked away from the XFL um, with disbelief, but I'm here to tell you and also to pound the table table that this league is definitely going to work. Yeah, there's plenty of players to uh, fill the gaps. I'm sure of it. Uh, we'll just wait and see who they are and who the stars are uh, because the stars that we think, the players we think that will be, be stars in the NFL, Sorry, I'm going to start again. The players we think that will be stars in the XFL may not be the stars, and it may be some unknown player that becomes the the star that we cheer for by the end of the season. Exactly, and that's and that's the great parody about the XFL so far, Mark. Um, the fact that we don't really know, but soon, come February, we will know. Yeah, this is going to happen fast. It's about nine weeks away now. Well, I uh, thank you for joining me today on the podcast, Shay. It's been uh, great hearing your take on the uniforms and the ball and uh, the Renegades. For sure, Mark. Anytime, man. Glad I could be on. And um, anytime uh, you ever want me on to report on the Dallas Renegades, I'm more than welcome to uh, come on the show. Um, I will be traveling to Dallas or Houston, excuse me, come training camp time uh, to report on the Dallas Renegades as well. So if you want to bring me on for some inside information, I got you. All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a good day. You as well. Thanks again to our guests, Christian Socoli, Jackson Connor, and Jane Oaks. I hope you enjoyed today's interviews. You're always welcome to come back next Sunday, where we will have more guests and more XFL. Until next time, this was your host, Mark Nelson, and I hope you enjoyed XFL Extra, the XFLboard.com podcast. <laughs>